Hey, man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy, my rowdies, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl, man. For all the guys and gals that's been with me this whole time, man, I don't know how you're doing it, but hey, I appreciate it. If this is your first time with us, I don't know how you found it, but I hope you stick around, man. I, I truly do. Welcome, everyone. Guys, man, I, I'm having a good week. You know, I ain't gonna lie. I feel like uh, I'm pushing forward, coming back to life, as it were. Uh, two good things happened to me this week, comedy-wise. So I'll, I'll, I won't spill all the beans, you know, but I'll, I'll let you know the gist of it. <clears throat> see. On Monday, I met with uh, a bar owner about starting a new mic over here in my neighborhood, and I've never really hosted a mic of my own, so this is going to be a, a nice, fun venture for me. Very excited about it. Uh, the bar owner was a little standoffish, you know? Like, he, he didn't really understand what the concept of a, of a comedy mic is. But, uh, you know, I, I think I got him convinced. You know what really sold it? Uh, it's like, hey, man, you know, if all comes to worse, look, you're going to have about 20 comics in your bar, and most of them are uh, alcoholics. So there you go. Patrons, baby. See, you got to think like a businessman. <laughs> so I think that may be happening. I'll keep you posted. That uh, may be happening in about a month or so. And earlier this week, I uh, booked the show, uh, mine and Evan's uh, second show, Two Chongs Make a Right. It's coming back to the East Room June 10th. We have a hard date already for that. Uh, killer lineup, man. I'll announce that uh, on my social medias and all that stuff i may even mention it here eventually but hey man we uh set the line up the same day we booked it because everybody's chomping at the bit to get back and and ain't gonna lie man bangers all the way through it's it's gonna be really fun so all this comedy stuff is, is happening for me at the same time it's really great uh east room i'm not sure yet for ultimate comedy all i do know is that it is coming back eventually so look at there Bunch of cool things happening, man. I'm very excited. You should be excited too, man. You know why else you should be excited? It's about my next guest. My guest for the day is Jay Flake, man. Now, I didn't really know a lot about Jay Flake, but that's the cool thing about doing this podcast because there's a lot of comedians in town that I only see in passing. We never really get a chance to talk and hang. And that's a big reason why I wanted to do this because I want to know all these funny people in town. So... You know, like I was doing some light research on Jay since all I knew about him was through his jokes, but I found his bio and I want to read his bio to you so you get an idea. Jay Flake is a Nashville based comic known for his positive, friendly attitude and funny observations about family life and fatherhood. Now, I read that and I was like, okay, I guess I'll have him on the show anyway. No, I kid, man. It was a good time. I hope you enjoy it. Stick around, because ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jay Flake. Hell yeah, I'm enjoying myself. Y'all enjoy y'all tonight. Make sure you tip your waiters and everything tonight, because I'm broke as hell. We splitting that tip tonight. Me and the waiters got to split the tip tonight, and I'm broke as hell. I'm telling you, I'm still broke from Christmas around here, man. It's terrible. Took the kids out, and made son, you know, I'm going to take them somewhere where I ain't never been. Took their ass to Orlando, the Disney World. They had a good time. Nobody told me I was going to spend $4,000 at Disney World. Did anybody tell me that? Damn hot dog cost $12.50. Regular ass hot dog. Man, this ain't even no damn bison, no beef, no deer meat. Just regular ass pork, chicken, turkey, 99 cent hot dog. Damn $12.50. I lost all my money. We got back. Hell, I called I call NES. I live in Nashville, Nashville Electric. I told them, I said, look, I'm going to put my shit on Lilway. Goddamn it, I didn't know you could do that shit. I put my electric bill on Lilway. Like right now in our house, we just got the bathroom working and the kitchen. That's it. The rest of the damn house is cut off. Hard as hell trying to help a kid out with homework on the damn toilet. Like, baby, call in here, sit on the sink, help you out with this damn homework. Called my mortgage company. I told them, I said, look, we just gonna use half the house. I'm just gonna send y'all 350. How about that? That'll work. We just we just downstairs now. We ain't got no access to upstairs at all. 
We got three bathrooms. We just using the one downstairs. That motherfucker got no shower in it. We're in there taking whole baths all day long. Don't get close to me. It's all we can fool with out the Disney World. Get that. Talking about where dreams can happen. That bitch was a nightmare after we left. I'm only able to use 25% of my damn house. So tip your waiters, goddammit. Maybe I can get the living room cut on, goddammit. Maybe I can get the living room cut on, man. We got Jay Flake, man. What's going on? Not much, man. Just just living a good life here in Nashville, man. Just uh, yeah. waiting on everything to be completed. So when I go downtown, I'll have to see 17 cranes in the sky. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be from under construction here. <laughs> no, dude, it's constant, right? Like you have to like know which crane to look at to know which area of town you're in. You know what I mean? It's right, like, exactly. <laughs> no, not that crane. You know the green one. You know <laughs> the green one. You know, make a left by the green one in there. <laughs> That's I, where I'm at. I haven't got downtown much until I, I went. Really, last week's the first time I've been in the, like Sobro area or whatever in a long time, and I didn't recognize anything. You know, like I, oh, yeah, every time I every time I go down there, it's like a new downtown. It was yeah. like, where did this building pop up at? Yeah. I'm like, I was just down here three weeks ago. This building wasn't here, and that was a whole new building popped yeah. up. And not a not a small yeah. one either, right? It's like a like a, a 50-story apartment. It's like this was not here last week, I'm pretty sure. Right. <laughs> and, and also, where am I? You know, it's like I can't figure it, man. Like it's it's growing out of control, I guess. Yeah, it is. It you is. Know? Uh I told somebody not too long ago, I said, if you received a postcard in the last 15 years from Nashville, I guarantee it was two cranes in the sky on that postcard. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. For real. Man, like that's that's about as long as I've been here. It's about 15 years. And I think that that's right, man. That yeah, I don't really recall not seeing. Yeah, such but a before thing. then we used to get talked about about that. It was like this is the smallest downtown ever and, and Nashville's always and now it's, it's changed. So much within that. that are, time. are you are you from here? I moved here in two thousand. Okay, so you got two thousand. I moved here in 05. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right when I moved here, they were doing construction on sixty five, and I I, I I moved to Hendersonville uh, when I first moved to town, and I didn't know that they were going to have construction on sixty five for the next seven years. You know, it was right, like exactly, seven exactly. years on sixty five North. I was like, wow, okay. And then from that, man, it just, it never stopped. That, yeah, it never stopped from that. It's still going. So, What was it like uh, in 2000? Small, no construction. You can get anywhere you wanted to in, in 10 minutes. Huh. Traffic wasn't really that bad. You wow. know, it was it was cool, man. You Downtown was the highlight. Uh, everybody used to go downtown and hang out. And, and uh, it wouldn't be as crowded as it is now, but. I mean, you can get downtown and walk around freely, drive through, no no problems. You know, still fun times, but now it's ridiculous. But back then, I mean, like I said, we used to get talked about, Nashville used to talk about being, you know, country music USA, but why is your downtown so small? Like, you, yeah. you snap and you in and out of downtown. Like, yeah, for sure. Not anymore. If you had, a, if you live downtown in one of them high rises, like, you had big money. Like, yeah. You know, oh, that's a. That's a singer. That's a producer. That's a songwriter. You know. Yeah. That's just like anybody. <laughs> yeah. Nah, anybody. Anybody is living downtown now. You got a gourmet cooking shop. You live downtown. <laughs> what do you do? I charge people fifteen dollars for a macadamia nut. I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got them in the nut market. You know who 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 thought? You know that's what you got to do. You know you got to find that niche that that's gonna you know make the people want it. You know I used to joke. I live here on the on the east side, you know. I used to joke about like starting like a a, a boutique monocle shop, you know, because all it would take would be like a hipster or two to start wearing a monocle, and then everybody would right. want a monocle. You everybody know, where you go, right. yeah, where are you going to get it? Well, you got to go to the monocle shop, you know. Right. <laughs> Just the theory, but I swear to God, somebody's going to steal it, and you you watch next five years, monocle shop. You you probably shouldn't have told it on this podcast, man. You probably should just kept it to yourself. Dang. And once you see somebody with it, you're gonna yeah. be mad as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're gonna be like, yeah, yeah. And they're just gonna nod. Yeah. They got me. <laughs> I'm giving away gold here, Jay. Dang. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut that part out. I'll cut it out. There you go. Edit, edit it. <laughs> dump it. Let's dump it. Yeah. Man, like I want to talk about this because uh, I'm I'm very curious. I I know you got you got kids and 
um, when we were setting up this podcast, you're like, hey, man, we can't do um, certain nights a week because I'm umpire baseball. And I love that. I'm a, being a big baseball fan, man. Like, how did you get into umping Little League Baseball? I got I got laid off. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. I, I was working the job uh-huh. and I was just having one stream of income. And uh, it was a good job. I worked there for a long time, 12 years, making decent money hmm. uh, and got laid off. Like it was the first job I had when I moved in. I moved in in 2000. I, I worked at Dell. And then after I left Dell, I worked for another company in 01. And I worked for that company for 12 years until I got laid off. And I was engaged to my wife. So I said, I got it. So when I finally found another job, it was nowhere near the money I was making. Mm-hmm. So I said, hell, I got to I gotta find some way to make some money. Mm-hmm. So um, I had ran into a guy because uh, I love football. So football is my passion. So I'm, like, I'm going to start refereeing football, uh, but it wasn't football season. So mm-hmm. the guy was like, if you're interested in football, what about this baseball? And they, uh, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I played baseball with the high school. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. that's how I jumped into it, man. I just jumped into it and and started umpiring baseball, man. And shoot, it's, it's something I, I like to do. It's something I like to do because I can kind of, uh, when it comes to little kids, I kind of coach them a little bit. And then when it comes to high school, you can see, you know, who might be the next big one up, you know, uh, you know, see who's going to get signed to Vanderbilt, what pitcher going to Vanderbilt, this, that, and other. And you're like, oh, well, I'm part of that guy. And he's you know, pitching on ESPN on the Vanderbilt-Kentucky game or whatever. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all, I enjoy- all ages? All ages, too, right? From Little League to you said Yeah, I do all ages. Yeah, I do all ages uh, up to high school. Uh, and during the summertime, I do, like, college games. Like, they had a little college summer games. Mm. And, I, and I do some of those, too. Um, if I have kids, I probably would try to go further up, but that's a lot of time from the house. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. College and all that. And if you want to go pro, you're not going to be home for about three months to that camp. So you go down to Florida and you'll be gone for like 90 days. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You'll be gone for a while. So um, so I like it what I do now. My love and passion is comedy. So yeah. I'm cool with not not doing you know the college level out of trying to pursue on the pros and nothing like that. Yeah. I'll tell you what though, the craziest thing about it is the younger they get, the crazier the parents are. You would think <laughs> you you would think when you got like the older kids that it might affect like them getting a scholarship or something. Uh-huh. Nah, they act crazy with a five-year-old, six-year-old kid running the base. It. I'm like, lady, no, nobody's out here signing your kids. <laughs> <laughs> to Kentucky. ESPN is not out here. This game is not even going to make the local news. Like, I need y'all to calm down. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the kids are, I'm sure, just oblivious. You know, they, they don't know what's going on. You know, they can barely even, they don't know where first base is, you know? They don't, them kids don't care nothing about it. They thinking about what video game they playing when they get done and yeah. the piece they eating after the game is over. Like, they don't, they don't care. They can care less. Have you gotten shouting matches with, with parents in Little League? I don't. I just remove them. I just remove them. Just like you go. Why? why? Yeah, why? Security. <laughs> this lady right here. Come yeah. get up out of here. Yeah. This man right here. Come get him up out of here. But this is where they get it every time, though. You got to use your tools. So mm-hmm. if they get in the shouting match and they talking crazy and they cursing you out, it's just basically, hey, I'm, I'm nice. I don't yet. Hey, I need you to leave. I'm not leaving, blah, blah, blah. I'm warning you. I need you to leave. Skip you, F you, blah, blah, blah. Cool. It's okay. I look at the coach. Hey, coach, if this parent don't leave, guess what? This game is over. Y'all just lost. Mm. And that gets them out of there. If they don't get them out of there, the police have been called a couple times. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, the the police have been called a couple times. (laughs) At a little league game. (laughs) Yeah, one guy, I was doing football. One guy threatened to beat me up. He threatened to beat all of us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we curse on yeah, 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 go for it. <clears throat> oh, he was like, "Fuck y'all, y'all fuck the game up for us. I'd have beat y'all motherfucking ass." Blah 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 blah. So I'm walking to the car. We all walking to the car, and I'm just ignoring him. And then one of my part like, "Just don't say nothing. Just don't say nothing." And he and I, and you, I got a good temper because when I get mad, I really get mad. So I try not to get mad. Yeah. He followed us all the way to the car. Now at this point, I got mad. Now. For those 
Okay. I pulled out this knife that was about, it was a crocodile Dundee knife I used to carry with me for situations like this. <laughs> and I just pulled it out and just set it on top of the car. <laughs> I just pulled oh it out. God. I set it on top of the car. I turned back around from that and he was gone. He, he like ran off. <laughs> he like ran off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a knife. <laughs> it, I didn't say a word. I just pulled it from under my desk. I just pulled it up from under my, I mean, under my car, uh-huh. uh, car seat, and just set it on top of the car hood. And he, I turned around and he was gone. I was like, <laughs> I don't know why people don't think like people who referee and umpire stuff are not men before they come out. Like we, we are grown men. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like I'm not afraid to fight you. I'm not afraid to do none of that. Now my job is the escalate issue because I don't want that to happen. Sure. But at the same time, push comes to shove. Yes, I'm making it home to my kids, and I will beat your ass. <laughs> yes, and again, and again, you're 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 being threatened at a little league game. <laughs> right. Once again, once again, Notre Dame is not out here signing your kid. Tennessee is not out here <laughs> signing your kid. Hey, the kid is ten. Yeah, you doing all this fussing, and I watched him play in the grass. Two damn plays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kids out there picking his nose. You know he don't really care. <laughs> he don't care. He care more than you do. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have this theory about how parents are just killing you sports, man. It's just you know money gets involved and mm. they angry. They trying to relive their years that they played. That's that makes right, sense. Bro. Yeah. Okay. It's over with for you. If your child, you you can. The thing about it is, you can coach your child. To play this sport all the way up to high school mm-hmm. and they'd be like i'm done they be like you don't want to go play college no i'm done i had a friend of mine this just knew his college was go- his son was gonna go to college to play football mm-hmm. after the last game of the season he said i'm done just just like that he said i love the game i just don't want to play anymore that's it mm. so like it's their choice of what they want to do you know i mean he's like i'll just go to school and do something else i don't want to play yeah and then you can do about it <laughs> what you gonna do Right. So all those years of, you know, like threatening lives of <laughs> gentlemen like yourself out right. the window. Going Don't all matter. down the drain. No yeah. matter. No matter. Yeah. Then why they get mad at, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Like I don't have kids though, so I ain't gotta worry about it. But I would love to come <laughs> I would I would love just to come watch you handling these irate kids or it, parents. It, it's it's, it's fun. It's fun. Most time they don't even they don't even know. And they be like, well, what happened? You hear the whispers like, what happened? Yeah. I don't get loud back. It's just, hey, coach, I'm gonna tell you, you know, I don't want to hear you again for the rest. Of- what? What are you talking about? Coach, go to the dugout. If I hear your voice, you going to sit in your car. Mm. And they won't say another thing. And everybody like, why we ain't heard from the coach? Like, we just had to talk. That's all. We just had to talk. <laughs> <laughs> they ever uh, do the thing to kick the dirt on you? Ah oh, nah, ain't nah, ain't nobody. <laughs> they hadn't been ever disrespectful. Okay. Uh, a lot of them want to, you know, what they don't. Well, a lot of people don't realize they got to pay fines. Like they get ejected. It's a fine. Oh, oh, I didn't it's even like, think about that. Yeah, it'd be like a hundred dollars or something like that if you, uh, if you're a high school coach. I think it's like three hundred dollars to come out your check. Wow. You get ejected or something like that. Yeah. So most times they don't want to. No, that's they like don't want to deal with it. For a high school coach, that's like a month pay, man. They don't want to. Exactly. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> Jay, man. No lights, no lights of Comcast this month. I got ejected from a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope y'all like candles, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, like, all right. So you said you got a passion for comedy. That's why I had you on this thing, man. Uh, I would love, if you could, man, let's, let's go back, man, and give me the trajectory of, like, how you got in. To comedy, man. I'd love to hear. It's a strange story. I'm, I'm, I'm a person that started in comedy late. A lot of people start in their twenties. I started at 31, 32. Okay. Um, I was working once again one of those jobs. Well, I actually quit this job, but I ended up working there because I got laid off from another job. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that tech business, man. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was working. Um, I was working at this one job, and I was in training. And this lady was training me and I'm just being myself and we talking about just random stuff throughout the day, whatnot. Um, <clears throat> she says to me, 
you and she's over there cracking up laughing. I'm just just being myself, just making little jokes about this and that. She said, you miss your calling. I said, what is that? She said, comedy, stand-up comedy. Mm. I said, mm. So I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I said, but no, nah, I hadn't missed it. You know, that's something, because I thought about it. I'm like, Red Fox was, you know, he was still up in age. Oh, yeah. uh, I had seen um, uh, Pops from Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Witherspoon. I seen John Witherspoon. I seen John Witherspoon actually probably like a month before we had that conversation. I was okay. like, this man's still telling jokes at his age. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I get on, I can do this into, there's no retirement. I can do this to the last, to my dying day, I can tell these jokes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was like, shoot, why not give it a shot? So um, I had asked around for some people. and Was that here in Nashville? I, you know, here in Nashville. Okay. I, I asked around to some people, and me and Brad Sativa grew up together. Oh, did you? Okay. So Brad had just started himself. I think he probably been like a year in. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said, man, Brad, reach out to Brad. You know, he he do some stuff. And I was like, I had no clue. <laughs> so I reached out to Brad. Brad put me on open mic. And I went in there and I brought a couple of friends with me. Um, and I said, I'm going to do. He said five minutes. Now, at this time. Five minutes don't seem long, but for all comedians, <laughs> when you first start, five minutes is a long time. Yes. Carl, I had two jokes. I had two jokes. <laughs> That's all I had. Yeah. I said, in these two jokes, if I could have at least 40% of the crowd laughing, I will continue to do comedy. If not, so it's what you it was good. Told yourself beforehand. Okay. Yeah, I told myself beforehand, you know, if I already had to understand it. between conversations, you could be funny all day, you know, but when you get on that stage and it's just you with a mm-hmm. microphone and everybody's staring at you and saying, make me laugh. <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game. Being on the internet, being funny, there's a whole nother ball game than standing up there. You know, you can't, you can't, oh, I'm going to delete that and do it over again. I can't edit. I can't do none of that. Mm-hmm. So I said, if I get 40%, I ain't half. 40% of people laughing, I, I can do it. And believe you not, I had about 75%, 80% of that crowd laughing. Off those two uh, jokes. When I got finished. Off those two jokes I had. Uh, one guy said, man, you one of my new favorites. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my first time ever doing this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's like, you one of my new favorites, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, cool. At that time, I didn't even have a comedy page. I wouldn't even on social media. And I had been on social media, but I had canceled it because I was like, ah, I really can't stand it. was cool for a while. Mm-hmm. I used to do little jokes and stuff on there. Like, um, I used to have this series on my old Facebook thing I call Things That Concern Flake. I put out every week. And it'd mm-hmm. just be random stuff I see. Like, uh, like I seen a Spanish dude washing a car with a bucket and no water hose. Like, he would go in the house and get kitchen water, come back out and wash it again, go back in the house and get water out the sink. <laughs> And risk the cough. I was like, this is gonna he's gonna be watching the cops three hours. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. So I would do a little funny stuff like that. Um, but I had to shut all that down because I was like, man, you know, I'm done with social media. Mm-hmm. So at the time I didn't have any social media, and he was asking, I was like, bro, I have no social media. I didn't tell it was my first time though. I was yeah, like, yeah. You know, I catch you around town again. Uh, <clears throat> so it went from there, man. After that, man, I, that was a great feeling. Uh do you remember I, where that was the first time you did? It was at uh, it was down the street from Zany's. Matter of fact, I forgot the name. It's not even open anymore. Okay. It was down the street from Zany's. Um, it was like a little. It was next to the vape shop. Uh, because on Zany's on that street, you got a U-Haul. Yeah. And right across from the U-Haul is a vape shop, and it used to be a, like like a little small club or whatever. Um, that this guy was running, and he had to open mic, so. I mean, I can't remember the name of it, but that's what that's what got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I extended I extended jokes from that. You know, after that, man, I was writing jokes. I'd be at work and probably not doing them for three hours and just thinking about jokes and writing jokes. Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing nothing but that. You know. Yeah. So I, I mean, after that, man, it, it was a, you know it was fun. I had a conversation with my wife and just was like, "Hey, look." 
it's going to be some nice. You're probably going to be mad, but I'm about to pursue this dream. And, you know, it's going to be nice. I don't come home to two, three o'clock in the morning because I done went, you know, to Atlanta and, and, and did a comedy show for $50, which don't make sense to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but to us comedians, it do. Yeah. And, you know, it might be late nights. So I come home, might be nice. You might not see me, you know, so. So I had to have that long conversation with her first and, you know, she, she was cool with it. So oh, I've been great. going ever since. I just like people and I never shy away from the grind. I tell people all the time, you know, a lot of people show you like the good part of when they get paid, but nobody want to talk about, you know, the nights that you might've drove three or four hours out your way for free hmm. just to try to build a crowd up, uh, build a name. And hopefully that comedy club will call you back to do a paid gig. You know, yeah. a lot of people that don't make sense, but to us, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you got you got to start somewhere, and, and most time that somewhere is at the bottom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> most time is at the bottom. You know, so but yeah, that's how I got started, man, and and just to see the growth. Uh, I try to set goals every year mm-hmm. uh, of what you know, how many shows I do, how many paid shows I'm gonna get. Unfortunately, uh, I still work a nine to five, so mm-hmm. uh, so I I still be racking up on try to get as many paid shows I can and get my name and face in front of many people. I set a goal out to, you know, try to hit up this city or this town for the years over with mm-hmm. uh, and do stuff like that. So, I mean, even though I got family, I ain't going to lie to you. If we if we go out of town on vacation, guess what I'm trying to do one night? Uh-huh. The show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you always got to be I'm thinking that, you know? It. Yeah, I'm trying to do a show, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, one night while we're here, I'm going to go out and do a show talk to the people at the rest of the time is y'all's man. I'm with y'all the rest of the time, but anytime I hit a random city up, mm. try to find some way. If I don't do a show, I'm trying to get connections on how I can do a show the next time I come back. That's great. It's a very, uh, yeah, it's marketing, you know, it's, a, oh, it, yeah. it is a business, you know, and like, yeah, it you're is, doing the right it thing. It is a business. It is a business. And we, you know, at first you get in for the love of the jokes and I still forever. I'll be, for the love of the jokes, but at the end of the day, you can't forget it is a business. As we seen, you know, we see a lot of comedians that a lot of people don't think funny, but they got that they got that marketing skill and they got that niche. Mm-hmm. They become millionaires, man. It's, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. Everything is a business, even your sports, whatever it is. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't get your business right, you won't get paid a lot of money. Yeah, that's right, man. You know, I, I was watching uh, something this morning. What was it? Oh, you know what? Was, uh, you ever watched that comedians in cars, the Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was watching that with Steve Harvey this morning and uh, they were talking about uh, the business and they said, isn't it funny? Like everybody that every kind <laughs> Steve Harvey says something like every comic I know that smokes weed is broke. <laughs> 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 I thought that, I thought that summed it up pretty well. You know, it's like, yeah, man, you gotta have your stuff together. You know, <laughs> you gotta buy another ounce, you know, yeah, get you another ounce here and there, you know, what I'm <laughs> man, you tell it. You telling jokes with 20 sacks now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay, Jay, I'm curious, man. Like when you when you started in Nashville, what was the comedy scene like at the time versus uh what it would become? What it is now? Man, I'm gonna tell you something, it has grown a whole lot uh from when I first started, man. Um open mics was probably two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh the only club you only like still Zane is still the main club here. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't have a lot of places where you could go somewhere else and do a, fr- a weekend spot. You know, um, most of them was during the week um, and they'd be at a bar or something like that. Uh, and which every city has that. But you usually have multiple bars you can go through, go to in a night and get on where Nashville at that time, it might be one bar, you know, for that one night. And that's it. Yeah. And then some nights you have two or three. And then, like, Wednesday night, you might not have nothing. Friday night, you wouldn't have nothing. Thursday, you have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we before the pandemic hit, we was at a spot where you can go every night of the week and get on stage for open mic, unless it was Saturday night. Right. But, you know, Sunday through Friday, it was every night. You know, you can go somewhere and get on, get on the microphone somewhere. So it has grown a lot. I think Nashville is going to be the next, next place to blow as far as comedy goes. Mm. Um, 
we're going to be known for more than country music here pretty soon. Nashville got a lot of great comedians, including yourself, that just hadn't been seen yet. But I always say it all only takes one to make it. If one person make it, if one person get there and they reach back, and then everybody's going to know, hey, Nashville's a you know spot where a lot of great comedians. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just need a little bit of recognition if somebody sees us, and we're going to be one of the next great spots. Now, you know, we got, you know, we got Zanies, we got the Comedy Bar, we got Out East Comedy Club. Um, it's another, you got other little venues that try to do comedy now. You got more people trying to do comedy, uh, produce comedy in right. the city now. So any place they got a venue, they're always looking for, hey, can I get a comedy night? You know, we got the Red Line Bar out in, um, out in uh, uh, Bellevue mm-hmm. that, that does comedy shows once a month. Uh, it's another uh, place uh, in Murfreesboro uh, that during the week, like they usually do like blues and stuff like that. But now mm-hmm. they're trying to say, hey, you know, I'm trying, we're trying to do a comedy night here once a month, you know. So you're getting yeah. all these places that are trying to get involved in comedy now. They send all this talent in the city and trying to bring comedy to it as Nashville is growing. That goes along with all the people that that's moved here now. Yeah. So you have more places for people to go and people want to see comedy. And they, you know, they come in droves. And at a time like this, and what we in, people want to laugh. They tired sitting at the house. They tired just going to work, coming home, looking at their family all day, every day. Yeah. And we'll come out and laugh. So Nashville, a comedy scene has grown a whole, whole lot. Uh, social media has helped us out some with that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more people that move here, uh, famous people that normally wouldn't think about Nashville as moving here. Right. Starting to recognize that and put the word out that hey, this stuff, type of stuff is going on. Is you go on Zanies on a random night, and you might be like, when did they move here? Yeah, you might see a celebrity that don't sing country music sitting in the crowd watching comedy. So that's yeah, true. Um, so yeah, it has grown a whole lot. I didn't know what it was going to be when I first started because, like I said, we didn't have a lot of places mm-hmm. to go do comedy. Uh, but now, oh yeah, now we're on the verge of, of cracking into the to the mainstream. Yeah, man. It's an exciting time, I think, you know, and, and like hopefully knocking on wood, like it's looking like we're on the tail end of this pandemic, man. I just can't wait oh, yeah. to see, you know, like you said, people want to laugh. You know what I mean? And like I know uh, that you've done a show or two pretty recently uh, since mm-hmm. this being the tail end of the of the thing. Um, how have those experiences been for you? Show man, us. I will say the best thing. That's happened to me in comedy so far outside the day I started mm-hmm. was I did a show not too long ago with one of the comedians I've been following for a long time. And that's Andrew Schultz. Okay. And I worked a show with Andrew Schultz and they got a country music song out called Open Her Up about, you know, ending Corona and opening the cities back up and, and everybody having a good time. And they wrote their song. I was with him Friday, Saturday uh, for some Friday and Saturday shows. They wrote the song Saturday morning. I performed it with them on all three of the shows Saturday night. And they just put out the video not too long ago. I'm not in the video. Ah. They shot it. They shot it in Florida. They was going to come back to Nashville to shoot the video. And mm-hmm. I already told them, like, hey, y'all come back. Let me know. I'll be in the video as just like a, you know, security guard or something crazy. Whatever y'all yeah. want to do yeah, as an sure. extra. But they end up shooting it in Miami instead of coming back. But he was hell bent on coming back. I don't know. Somebody that big schedule probably got too busy. And yes, he sir. did it in Miami. But just being a hit the stage with somebody I've been following for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, for him to say at the end of the weekend, be like, man, that was some good shit, man. You rock the shows. You know, I was like, man, that was, that was one of my proudest moments in comedy, man. You know, oh, so, man. man, it was it was great. It was great working with with Andrew Schultz and and the whole flagrant two podcast crew uh, as they all came down and um, man it it was just a wonderful feeling. I was on cloud nine. I've I've never been I've never been nervous. Uh-huh. I've always been nervous before I go on stage. At that time, I was nervous before I even left the house. And that has <laughs> never happened. That has <laughs> never happened to me. Before. I was nervous before I left the house. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I always, t- I always tell me and uh, Corey Perry had his little joke, like on the inside of your elbow. I said, if you sweating on the inside of your elbow, you had a good set. And every set I had, the inside of my elbow was moist. <laughs> <I'm> like, 
<laughs> I love that. That's great, man. <laughs> I, I feel good, man. I feel good with it. I, I'm opening up for a lot of people, like some BG comments, like Hope Flood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she old school comic view. I opened, I opened up for her one time, Kentucky, man. That was great. Uh, Kelly Kells from, uh, she was on the Showtimes um, when they brought the Def Comedy Jam back. She was on there. Oh, okay. Opened up for her. Opened up for her one night, and that was great. So I had some great opportunities so far, man, with, with this comedy deal, and uh, it's growing. It's growing for me. I'm being in places I never thought I'd be in. Yeah. Um, last year I did a show in California. Really? Uh, yeah. I got to tell you about that. It was crazy. I went out. To, <laughs> <laughs> I had once again it was one of them trips. That I went out to LA with the family, and I was like, I'm gonna do one night. So I connected with some guys that do all deaf digital and he had a show called Smoke and Jokes. Okay. But I'm thinking we got we got smoke and joke in Tennessee. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking cig- I'm thinking cigars and stuff like that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's oh, LA, no. baby. <laughs> this is LA. My mind was nowhere on it. And he said, All right, if we start smoking, smoking jokes, y'all know what time it is, fired up. And I when I tell you everybody in the crowd, like <laughs> Rolled up a joint and smoked it outside of me and my wife. <laughs> I'm talking about I was on stage. I don't really smoke. Yeah. Uh, so when I hit the stage, I drink. That's why I, I was in there drinking. But I've mm-hmm. never been drunk and high. And I was on stage. And I tell you, within like halfway through my set, I was forgetting jokes. Uh, I had called. I had called contact. <laughs> <laughs> I had looked down at my wife. She had caught contact. Her eyes yeah. were red and halfway open. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's over with. <laughs> it's over with. I just tried to push myself through that set, man. I was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so like I, a Cheech and Chong show, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, man. It was, <laughs> And like I said, I never even thought about it. I, you know, when we used to stuff being illegal in the area you are in, when you go somewhere else, you don't think that that's right. happening. But man, it, it was a fun show. Uh, but man, it was it was kind of bad for me, man. Like I didn't I didn't totally bomb, but like when I started forgetting my jokes, it got crickets real fast. <laughs> I just told him, I was like, "Look, bro, I'm from Tennessee." I just told the crowd, I said, "Look, y'all, I'm from Tennessee. Yo, weed ain't legal, and this mm-hmm. is the first time I've been high in a long time." I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the perfect response to that. <laughs> so uh, that's great. Coming up soon, I'll be headed to Chicago in June. Have you, Next have you, month, I'll be headed to Chicago. Have you done that Chicago, Chicago before? I've never done Chicago before. Okay. Go to Chicago, do some shows. I've never been to the city of Chicago before. Never told come to Chicago. Crazy party is. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. And hopefully I'm a Cardinals guy. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> my dad is a Cardinals fan. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, where you from, Jay? Where, where you from? I'm from, I'm from West Tennessee, Maryland, Tennessee, like right outside. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you grew up with Brad, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I got you, but yeah. I'm, my dad used to be like, how do you become a Cardinals fan? I, I mean, a Cubs fan. Uh-huh. But to me, they was on WGN all the time. That's like we right. had, I grew up on that WGN channel, and they was on every game was on WGN. Like it was the only team I seen. So, yeah. you know, I didn't for some reason I didn't watch the Braves growing up. You know, for whatever reason that was okay. But, but the Cubs was mainly on. I grew up in uh, Arkansas, about an hour outside of Memphis. So, like, uh, my whole family was Cardinal fan. You know, I guess that was like the closest. It's like four hours yeah, away. Yeah, so that was our yeah. closest team. So I was a Cardinals fan until I discovered like uh, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco on the A's, you know, and yeah. I was like, oh, that looks way more fun. So I was an A's fan for a couple of years. <laughs> and then when Tony Russo came back and brought Mark McGuire to the Cardinals, I came back and been a Cardinals came fan. Came back to the Cardinals. <laughs> Let me tell you, the, fir- the first, it's before you brought them, uh, the Bash Brothers up, the first live baseball game that I've seen. And it's crazy how I didn't come a Royals fan either, because I got a lot of family that lives in Kansas City. Okay. Uh, so the first game, base, live baseball game, with two was the Kansas City Royals versus the Oakland A's when Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire played for them. Oh wow! Uh, 
So, it, man, it was a great time. Uh, I think I host, if I can remember, McGuire got a home run off that game. They was beat, Bo they Jackson beat the on the Bowl. I don't think he was playing that night. I don't think he was. No, it might have been after the injury. Either he might have been injured at the time. But he oh, wasn't, okay. He, he wasn't playing. He wasn't okay. playing. Um, but yeah, they beat the hell out of the Royals. <laughs> when the Royals like suck. Um, oh yeah, man. That's it's a like, beautiful, beautiful stadium though. Waterfall State. Oh man. Beautiful oh yeah. Waterfall. I've that's never had the Waterfall Stadium. Okay. That's when I had the waterfall. Yeah, you used to hit the home runs into the waterfall. You know, it's funny, like, you talk about the Royals back then. Like, my uh, best friend back home, his favorite player was George Brett because my friend's name was Brett, I guess. That's the only <laughs> connection there. <laughs> like, do you remember that game that George Brett, where they took the home run away from him? And, like, he just oh, lost yeah, his he, shit. I love that. I love watching it. that. He lost it. <laughs> he lost his shit. Yeah, man. I remember that game. I remember that game. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Jamie, I, I, I can't get out of here without um, um, talking about this, man. I know that you podcast as well. And yes, you have the Supremely Black podcast. Do you want to talk about that? Supremely Black podcast. Look, let me put it out there like that. that for 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 my white brothers and sisters, let it the name not scare you. <laughs> we we not trying to take over the world, uh, but it's just basically uh, me, my nephew, and a friend of ours, and we just discuss the world with, within the eyes of three black men. That's basically what it is. Uh, we talk about a lot of random things on the show. Uh, this week we'll be talking about the George Floyd verdict and what you know what we think about that. Uh, but we, you know, we talk about some black history sometimes. We talk about, you know, uh, we're talking about the World War II with the, uh, the 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 fighters from Harlem that that went over and fought in the war, um, and how they was treated, and you know how you don't hear about you know them as much. So we talk about a lot of black history that's not spoken about. Uh, we do talk about you know stuff that's going on right now as well. Uh, we do have some, we have some tough topics sometimes, and sometimes we have some lighter topics. It is what it is. Uh, it's not any bashing on anybody. We just like to state a lot of facts on what's yeah. going on. Um, we do our research. So it's not, we just talking a bunch of smack and crap, but we do our research on what's going on. Sometimes the truth may hurt a little bit, but it is the raw and cut truth uh, on what we talk about and our feelings. A lot of times, uh, black men feelings are suppressed and just men in general a lot of times men in general feelings are suppressed about about stuff so uh you don't get to hear that positive side sometimes so we just bringing that to the table uh we, we recognizing a lot of history uh we recognizing our feelings what we talk about we've spoken about mental health and that was one of my favorite episodes that we talked about mental health because you know men men in general and especially black men don't talk about stuff that we go through as far as mental health goes. So I was able to talk about the time that I was depressed on that episode. I never brought up anybody. And mm. It just came out. And I just talked about the time I talked in the beginning, we talked about all them job layoffs I had. Yeah. Well, during that time was, you know, I got laid off three times in four years mm. and I was depressed because you go from, you know, having this one great job to now you, you find a, finding and looking for jobs not getting paid what you're worth and you getting told well you might overqualify for this job so we're not gonna hire you it's like damn i just want a job you know yeah. i'll work my way up you know but but that happens uh so we discussed you know certain stuff like that we even had the mayor of a town on our show we was talking about politics and stuff like that you know? oh wow man i learned i learned some stuff that day i didn't know when they voting on stuff that you can just put a suit on and just show up and just see what they're talking about I had no clue. I thought that type of stuff was locked doors. But no, you can actually, if Congress got something going on, you throw you a good suit on. Well, it ain't got to be a three-piece and a tie, but <laughs> throw on something decent, you know, and just walk in there and just sit and listen to whatever laws they bring down or whatever they vote on. You can sit there as a spectator and watch and see everything that's going on. I had no clue until we, you know, until we interviewed the mayor and, and found that out. So. So, you know, so eh, that's, that's basically what that's about. And we usually have a supremely black person of the week. And I bring up some historical figure and we'll, you know, and talk about that person. Uh, and we, you know, sponsor black business. So we have a black business minute 
And we talk about that and sponsor black businesses out there that might not be getting the recognition they need. And we're a small podcast, but you know, when you a small business, every dollar counts. So however we can make that happen, we try to make it happen. That's right. But you know, that's what this that's what our Supreme Black Podcast is about. I appreciate you bringing it up. Oh, yeah, I didn't know if you were gonna bring it up or not. You did your homework. Okay. Oh man, I have to, you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you talk about homework. Like I, I was like, all right, because I all, all I know about Jay Flake is like I see him. He comes to open mice and he, he destroys and he leaves. That's why I know about Jay Flake. <laughs> so it's like, so like, all right, I, I got to do a little research. And so like I, I found, oh, great. Jay Flake bio. And it says he's very funny and, and a family oriented. I was like, that's it. <laughs> I got, I got to redo that. That's an old bio, man. That's an old bio. It was got, short gotta, and sweet though. <laughs> yeah. I got to redo that bio. Uh, and the only reason why I do that, like I said, I got family and I got three kids. It's the only reason why I, I come to open mic, I tell my jokes, I hang out for a little while, but if you blink, I'm there one second and gone Yeah. after that. So uh, when I do my marketing for my shows, a lot of times as a comedians, some comedians hate to ask, and I'm not one of those people. I ask to be on your show. I'm not going to wait on you to call me. I'm yeah. not going to do none of that. Like people ask me how I get on this show at, you know, show at Zany's. Um, I hosted a whole weekend in Huntsville uh, for the Raging Cajun, a guy in New Orleans, very funny guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, hell, I just asked, you know, shit, I, I would ask. I, I would be in your inbox and I would email you and I would call you and I would text you and say, hey, can I be on your show? What do I need to do to be on your show? What I need to do to do this? And that's how I ended up uh, getting on the show with Andrew Schultz. Like, I just basically... Emailed the show, the text the showrunner is saying, "It's just like, well, we ain't got each other's number. Let me say that. Mm. Send her an instant message through Facebook, right. and we're just like, you know, you know, I've been in there. I did, you know, the week shows or whatever. Hey, I want to be able to host the weekend. What do I need to do to host the weekend? Right. And she was like, you've been out here working, so I'm glad you asked. So I'm gonna get you, you know, on this show. And I was supposed to host uh, for a guy." Uh, that's cool with Joe Rogan. I can't even remember his name. But he ended up bringing a host and I got booted to the Huntsville show, which was cool because I was able to work with a comedian, the Raging Cajun out of New Orleans. He'd been doing comedy for like 30 years. So I was like, cool, because I was able to, you know, get a lot of information from him. Yeah. We talked about comedy, the business part of it. So he dropped a lot of gems. So I wasn't too mad. I was like, maybe this is where I need to be to learn the business part. Somebody who's been doing it for so long, that's all they do all year round is travel to comedy. Yeah. This is where I need to be for that. Um, See, that's so smart, Jay, too, because like you took that opportunity to learn and to, and to, and to grow through that too. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I didn't really have a choice. I ended up taking a guy back and forth to the shows. So <laughs> <laughs> we spent a lot of time riding in the car. I'm like, we're not yeah. going to be quiet. Right. You tell him you've been doing comedy this long. You finna tell me some stuff. You yes. Know? Yes, uh, absolutely. So yeah, I, man, yeah, I've been trying to learn all the time. Uh, I listen to like a lot of comedy podcast. Like one of the podcasts I listen to Gary Owens podcast. Mm-hmm. I listen to his podcast not because I want to hear the jokes, but he has stories. Comedians tell stories on there like you and I are doing mm-hmm. about the experiences they had. Yeah. So if he got somebody who's been doing comedy twenty years and you know they made you know x amount of dollars doing comedy and able to you know afford the big house did that and other they got stories on there that that you can learn like you won't know if you at your hometown comedy your hometown comedy might take care of you when you come they might give you drinks free they might give you food free but you go somewhere else and they give you a tab at the end of your weekend not mm-hmm. not every club not every club take care of everything for you you know Right. So, you know, you listen and you learn stuff like that. When you go to this club, watch out for X, Y, Z. They won't say the name of the club. They just say a location. Right. You know, it'd be like, when you go to this club, make sure, you know, this is on point. This is on point. Don't ask for too much food because it's coming out. Don't don't be in there drinking up all night long because <laughs> and they're going to charge you for every, they're going to, yeah, yeah, and assuming they're going to charge you for every drink. I'm, I'm writing it all down and I'm. That's I'm like that scene. That. That's like that scene from Blues Brothers, right? You know, where they're like, oh, you guys made $200 and you drank $300 worth of beer, <laughs> you know? Right. As, exactly. Exactly. You know, some a lot of comedians think, you know, if you book me and you pay me, oh, food and drinks on y'all, I'm good. 
Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's that's not the case. You know, that's, right. that's not the case at all. So you better bring your own booze, and if you don't want to eat, you better eat before you come. I'll wait till you get done, and, <laughs> so you can get your whole check. You know. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things don't know that they they talk about the times that you know I've heard the times when people getting even I've been gypped on the show. You know where my money at? Well, we didn't do too good. Mm-hmm. Door and blah 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 blah. This I'm like, hoes a packed house in here where we gave a lot of. We gave a lot of tickets out for free, but hell, that ain't my problem, you know. Right, right, right. Ain't right. my problem, so they they get let me know then. Okay, start if it's not if it's somebody you never worked for, or never worked with. I need my money when I walk through the door. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a show, but I need my money when you walk through the door. That's right. Yeah, you need you need like a yeah. if anything a, a spoken contract. Half. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, give me a contract. Well, I need something. You know, we we're not gonna do this again, or you know, situations where um. Well, I've learned too. I've never done this, but I've heard, you know, like I said, I, I take, I listen to a lot of people. You know, you might go somewhere and they say, I need you to do 30 minutes, but you only do 25, 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they cutting in your check because you didn't do the whole 30. I've heard about that. So yeah. to you, you thinking, you thinking three minutes is nothing. I ended, nah, they be like, nah, you do, I, I, I contract you for 30, you do 30, you stopped at 25 minutes, we taking X amount of dollars out that check. Mm hmm. I don't give a damn. They let me know if I got 30 minutes and I'm done at, at 25 minutes, I'm doing crowd work for the next five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But I mean, that, that's, that's a good point, man. Cause like, you know, you're right. I have heard that like, they will stick you to, you know, you set to do 30 minutes. You better do 30 minutes, not do, 27 minutes. Do 30 minutes. Yeah. And don't, and don't underprice yourself. Don't underprice yourself. If you, Hey, if you think you worth so-and-so amount, Ask for it, mm-hmm. you know, ask for that amount. Worst thing they can say is no. And then you can work your way through that. That's the worst thing. That's, that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. You know, if you think if you think your set worth 1500, tell them 1500 and see what they say. Now, I ain't saying do that to your friend is throwing the show. You know, he ain't got no money. <laughs> but you, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I hear that. If you go, if you're dealing with an enterprise or a company or a, a work gig, hey, hey, tell them that that company got money. Tell them what you want, and then you negotiate from there, man. So you're bringing up some good points, man. I want to backtrack on one that you you did earlier because I know a lot of like open micers uh, question about like shows and like what should I do to get on here, or get on there. And you mentioned asking, and like you said, you uh, you asked the club owner, but her response was, "I see you've been working, right. therefore you're gonna be on this show." See, right? I think. There's a misconception sometimes that like, oh, I asked and they they're gonna put me on. You gotta put the work in. They see what's going the on. They see what's going on. You know. And I didn't ask, just can I be on the show? I said, right. what can I do? Exactly. What do I need to work on to be on this show? Yes. Yeah, for growth. Yeah. And that's a great, for that's growth. a great point. And, and that's how I came across to it. Now, myself, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm I've been working hard. I think I should, I should, but nothing is given to you. So that's why I was like, mm-hmm. what do I need to work on so I can get on the show? And I didn't even know she had been watching as much as she's been watching. And that's the thing you just never know just because you don't see people don't mean that they don't listen or hear about, hear about you. So they'll hear about a show you might have did, you know, last week or something like that. They, they'll hear about a show you did a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, They're going to hear about it. And and if they don't hear about it, they might have been there and you just never know. And that's, so sometimes that, a lot of people, they'll come in through the back and why I'll be sitting in the back and watch the show and soon show over it. They'll leave. You just never know they were there. Right. No, that's true. You know, and that's that's a great thing about being that, yeah, Nashville's still growing, but it's a small enough scene that, yeah, the club owners know right. what's what's going on. They at least have they their finger. They, they know what's going on, you know, and that's they great. But like that's you brought up a good point because that. I mean, that's a great point about professionalism and always assume that somebody's watching that, you know, could be an opportunity for you. Right. You know, so try to bring your A game every time. You know? Try to bring it every time. I, I I try to rock the stage. If it's, it's been shows I've did, hell, it was five people in there. You know, I still rocked it like it was a full crowd. I, mm-hmm. I mean, one time I went to Atlanta, did a show and, and I got, and I got fucked on that show. I'm gonna be honest with you. I had planned to be there talk to a guy a month and a half beforehand he's like come out i'm gonna put you on my midnight show and he had his friends show he put all his friends up first when i got there it was five it was five people 
in the crowd, and it was three o'clock in the morning, and one of them was my friend that that rolled down there with me, and it was three o'clock morning, five people, and I rocked this show like it was a full club in there. And I said, well, hell, I I might as well, you know, I done drove down here, I, you know, but 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 you just never know who in the crowd. You just never know. Yeah. Just never know. That's true. Now that person I don't fool with no more when it comes to doing shows because I feel like that was messed up. You know, I'm from out of town and I know all these people are your people. You know, you could put me up in the middle and let me do five minutes and, you know, that would been it. I've been satisfied. Yeah. But, you know, you let everybody go up and then I'm the last one in there. Oh, this is your turn. And you wait there's five people out there. Like, I'm I'm not going to fool with him anymore, but just because uh, him pissing me off don't mean I'm not going to give these five people that still here uh, what they've been waiting on. Yeah. And you just, like I said, you just never know, you know, I mean, it could have been anybody in that crowd for all I know. It could have been Tyler Perry in that crowd for all I know. He'd be like, hey, I can use you on one of my shows. So, you, I mean, you just you just never know. You just mm-hmm. never know. So um, that's why you always got to, you know, you ain't got to kiss nobody's ass or nothing. But, you know, just remain professional with it at all times. Uh, you can be the funnest guy in the world. But if you're an asshole, don't nobody want to work with you. Right. You know, it's, it's just, that's in any any business, really. You know, that's it. Yeah, it's just any business. <laughs> we see it all the time. We see it all the time. Like, man, this person had great talent, but they hard to work with. So, yeah, I'd rather not. You know, so but yeah, then you know, for all the comedians out there, open micers, man, just you know, just make sure that don't be afraid to ask somebody, uh, can they be on your show? If they tell you no, you know, just ask, what do I need to do moving forward? to where I can be on the show. Like the first time I ever got on Zanies, she actually, she told me when I first started, I asked just to be on the weekday show, you know, and she yeah. told me straight up. She was like, well, this is what I need you to do. Cool. And I went out there and did it. And I made sure I was seen and noticed. And I went back and asked again. I did these steps. Okay. What, what else I need to do? Or when can I? And she put me on for the Tuesday night show. I was raw. Some I still need some work, but you know, I was glad of the opportunity. Appreciate them, thank them for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I let it sit there for a while. Went and worked some more. Went and asked again. Same thing with the comedy bar here. Comedy bar here. Uh, they not as big as Zanies, but hell, I asked them too. I mm-hmm. work. I asked, showed up at a couple of open mics they had. And I asked, you know, what's over the weekend show? And I end up headlining the whole weekend show. Uh, first, I first I pretty much was hosting every weekend for like three months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was headlining, you know, a weekend show. So, you know, and then that same places is, is, you know, I talked to them last week and they said, Hey, I would love for you to go to Chicago and do a bigger venue with comedy bar Chicago. That's why I was going to ask Ooh. if you were going to do the comedy bar there. Yeah. And I'm doing a comedy bar Chicago and we cool. And she was like, if you want to do a show after our show, I'm going to hook you up. Deep, you know, let me know uh, before our show. Let me know. And I know people that's doing shows. Now I can get you on those shows. Boom. It's just all about being professional, being on time. You know, if they if they give you a tab, you know, drink. If they give you, you know, don't go over the tab. You know, mm-hmm. they say, hey, you know, I can't give you a hard liquor. I don't give beer. Only get beer. Don't be up there, you know, asking for the most expensive stuff in the club, you know, and, and the most expensive asking for shrimp tartare and all this other shit. Yeah, nah, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> like you ain't that funny yet. You know? <laughs> right. Just keep it light. Yeah, if you up and coming, man, just don't abuse the stuff. You know, just don't abuse it, man. Just ask for some cheese sticks and, and a beer and keep it moving, you know. Yeah, man. Just don't abuse, just remain professional, man. I'm I'm still working. I'm still trying to get out there. I'm far from where I want to be. Uh, but I'm not afraid of the grind. I, I still go somewhere and do a show for free, driving four hours out the way if the club don't know me. I'm never that person to say, hey, they should know me and should be asking me. Hell no, nah, them people might not know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they do know me, they probably heard my name one time. You know, mm-hmm. so I come do a show. You know, I got plenty of those stories where I drive to Louisville. I drive to Atlanta. I, you know, did a show. Arkansas, Memphis, wherever for free. But the thing is, they will call if you find enough, they will call you back. They will call you back and say, Hey, I got X amount of money. Can you come down here and do a show? So you gotta keep that in mind. It might not all be I'm doing a show for free. People will call you back. 
Yeah, you just said you, you're trying to pay it forward for and and invest in yourself. You know, you got to invest yourself. Sometimes you got to lose money. I tell you, no, no company is started without people losing money first. True. You're going to be in the red first before you ever in the black. So, I mean, yeah. same, same thing with comedy, same thing with music, anything you want to start, you will be in the red before you're in the black. We talked about me umpiring earlier. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that. You got to buy equipment, you got to buy uniform, you got to buy shoes. You are in the red before you make your first dollar. True. And it's just the way it goes. You got to invest in yourself and keep moving. And hopefully one day you can be a millionaire. Uh, you ain't even got to be a millionaire. I ain't got to be a millionaire doing this. I just want to get to a point where I'm happy and satisfied and I can leave my nine to five and I can provide for my family off telling jokes. That's all you can ask Which for. Which essentially will probably be a millionaire. But <laughs> <laughs> That's just a modest way to put it, though, you know. That's just a modest way to put it. <laughs> I mean, you go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac meal. It's ten dollars now. So eventually, true. That's true, man. What happened? Eventually, you have to be a millionaire to be able to provide for your whole family by yourself. I love it, Jay. Man, I appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Where can the uh, where can the good people find you online, man? Good people can find me on Facebook at J J A Y Flake F L A K E Comedy. On Instagram at jjay dot flke flake underscore comedy. Uh, I got a Twitter account, but I hardly ever use it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, I wish I would have jumped on Twitter a little earlier because uh, I had a lot of stuff to say. If I would have had Twitter when I used to do my things that concern flake, I'd be famous on Twitter by now. But <laughs> had that Twitter McDonald's one- money, <laughs> right? Twitter is one of the rare things I use, but I usually post a video on there about some crazy stuff, while and not Wednesday, Friday, Fridays, about some whatever crazy stuff is on my mind. I usually post that, and and I post my comedy shows where I'm going to be and stuff like that. And also, I post uh, when we have our Spring to Black episodes. They drop every Friday, so you check those yes. out if you want to tune in and just learn what three black men are thinking about this crazy world. Like I said, sometimes it's going to be heavy. Sometimes it's going to be light. Last week, we talked about wine. That was a light subject. <laughs> um, yeah. We talked about wine. We had a smiley on the show. Uh, so oh, he, was wow. telling us how, he was telling us how, you know, you taste the wine and swish it in your mouth and you taste the apple wood <laughs> and, and these grapes came from France and da 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 I was like, I was lost as hell. Yeah, yeah. But if you ever want, if, hey, if you want to impress a woman, Hey, you listen to that show and uh he can get you on, he can get you on how you get you a woman, you know, with the wine tasting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one more thing before we go. I stole this from Tyler Buckingham a few episodes ago, but like um if you what is your Mount Rushmore of comedians, man? What's your top four Ooh, yeah. comics of all time? Man? And and uh, just right now, it, you know. Okay. I'm gonna go with uh Chappelle, I'm going to go with Chris Rock, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go, who is tough? I said Chappelle, Chris Rock, right? Yeah. Um, mm, mm, mm. There's so many great ones. I know, man. It gets harder at the end. (laughs) I'm going to go with Hannibal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Eddie Murphy. There Eddie is. Murphy's going to be a little bit on the outside because he had two classic stand-ups and we never heard from Eddie again outside of movies. That's right. And the reason why I still put him in there is because he opened it up for comedians to then be in movies. He opened it up for comedians to like have that lead role in the movie and not be the always quirky sidekick type of person. Right. Eddie Murphy opened it up for us in there. All right, Jay. On that note, it's great talking to you, man. Hopefully, uh, when comedy comes back full force, we'll hang out, man. I'd, I'd love to see you in person. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for man. sure. For sure. I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jay. We'll catch you later, man. Yes, sir. Have a good one. guys one more episode 
in the bag, man. Appreciate Jay for hanging out. Appreciate you for hanging out with the Badum Ching, with Carl. Now on most platforms, so whatever platform you're listening to this thing, that's probably the right one for you, man. Check it out. Uh, you know, let me know how we're doing. Write a review, right? Write a review, leave a rating, all the things. And uh, go one step even further. Shoot me an email. Let me know uh, if you got any suggestions for the show. Any guests you may want me to uh, uh, explore. Hit me up. CR3comedy at gmail.com. I may not do anything about it, but I guarantee I'll read your email. How about that? That's pretty good. Also, follow me on social medias. Instagram, uh, Twitter. I think it is at CR3podcast. So do all those things. I guarantee there's going to be merch coming up pretty soon, and you can find it on Instagram and on Twitter. All the good things. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you, and check this out. See you later. <laughs>